Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Welcome into episode 143 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. The Sources Say podcast is presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? Doing fantastic today, Jack. How are you? Well, I am finally starting to make my recovery from uh, the good old COVID-19. It hit me up in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts for the Hoop Hall Classic. I got back uh, Monday. I left Tuesday afternoon, and like right when I landed in Louisville, I kind of started getting these allergy-ish symptoms started feeling a little off we I believe we recorded on Wednesday my voice had already gone to hell after that and uh, I could start telling that something was wrong and then I think Wednesday actually right after we started we recorded that show um, I started getting all achy and painy and and my head started hurting pretty bad and I was like "Uh oh this isn't good I can I could feel it coming and then Thursday I was wiped clean I was done I I know we talked about doing a four for four and I, I I disappointed my fans, our fans and our listeners on, on this show by not uh, following through on my promise, but goodness gracious. Uh, Sean, I, I know we talked a little bit before the show started, but the worst part of it all was the, was the brain fog. I, I I would sit there and think, and I just couldn't think properly, and I couldn't think straight, and I, it's been difficult, difficult for me to write and talk on podcasts and do radio. I hosted uh, radio on Sunday morning, and I still wasn't feeling all there. It just... Uh, feels like everything's a little bit cloudy for me, so I wanted to give uh, give a little bit of time before we jump back into this thing because I just I I, I care about quality as well, and as much as I I love rambling and and talking nonsense, I I didn't want to sound too stupid whenever I uh, hit record on this show, so I, I I apologize for the delay and and not getting back running and and converting on that four for four that we talked about but Sean we are back in business still a little bit cloudy but you know what we're gonna fight <laughs> through it and and give the listeners what they need yeah we were the drinking the frosty shy before for four but <laughs> we'll get back to it we'll get back to it for sure meanwhile I was out winning a district championship over the weekend we we won that last night and I'm, I'm in a great mood and 
glad you're feeling better and let's uh let's knock this thing out well we uh, first off congratulations absolutely awesome that you were able to to pull off that victory you're now in the elite eight so uh only you, you are two or i guess three victories away from from uh, riding off into the sunset as your uh your your coaching career continues to you're going to be the next coach cal you're going to be next in line for uh, the, the Kentucky coaching job. You're actually absolutely killing it, and we're proud of you on the Source to Say podcast, and I know our listeners are as well. You're uh, uh, the John Wooden of middle school basketball. <laughs> That's what you said last year when you came down and watched the, my team play. Yeah, we went back-to-back and lost uh, 95% of our production from last year, came back starting three seventh graders on a seventh and eighth grade team, and uh, – Still managed to go 10-0 and in district play and capped it off, and now we advance into state sectionals next week. So busy time, but good time. That's awesome, man. We're definitely proud of you. And uh, in the middle of all of that going on, the uh, Kentucky Wildcats fall at Auburn 80-71. to We uh, we previewed the, that, that game and kind of hyped up, you know, what the number one team in the country – or number two, I guess, at that time they were number two, now they're number one. What that team would look like, Jabari Smith is the number one uh, likely pick in the draft. Walker Kessler, seven foot one, what he's able to do. And, and uh, the, Sean, they didn't look really any different than we anticipated. And uh, for my money – if Kentucky doesn't lose Ty Ty Washington uh, early and Xavier Wheeler late, I think Kentucky leaves Auburn with a win. They were up by tw- as many as 10 in the first half. Looked phenomenal at times. And then, uh, you know, you lose your second leading scorer in Ty Ty, and then in the second half you lead, uh, you lose your, your main ball handler and your distributor. And, I mean, it's, it's really tough to win any game losing those two type of pieces. And then, uh, you know, doing so in that environment against that level of team, that level of talent. I mean, you, you want to root for, for hope for the best and hope that they can overcome that adversity. And they got close those last three minutes. They were right there in the thick of things. But, Sean, they were just unable to execute down the stretch and pull off the win. But I, I thought more than anything, I was pretty pretty darn proud of their fight and how they were able to overcome that adversity and at least make it some some semblance of a game given the circumstances. <laughs> Yeah, and and it feels like in recent weeks we've been talking a, a lot of positives, right? Even even when they would lose, like the lost LSU, we we kept saying, man, we we really don't know about this team. We didn't get to see them with their two top guards, uh, Texas A and M. We talked about how impressive it was to go get a win when they weren't playing well, and then coming back off the the huge win versus Tennessee. Well, I feel the same way after Saturday. It was a loss. It's disappointing, especially because it would have been the biggest win of the season. Even if you go win at Kansas this week, I still think that Auburn's the better basketball team, and I think that it would have been a bigger win. But I left that game not discouraged. I left it kind of encouraged because of the fight, the stuff that you talked about just a moment ago where they're without Ty-Ty. Sabir goes out for a four- or five-minute stretch, and then dudes just keep fighting. Like they, This team does not quit. Uh, they could have folded and lost by 15 to 20, Instead, every time that Kentucky would answer, they'd get it to four. Auburn would hit a shot, and then you're like, oh, man, Kentucky can't get back. They're not going to have another chance. And then, bang, Kellen Grady would hit a three, or, or Oscar would make a play, or somebody, or Wheeler would make a play. And then they'd get it back to four, but then Auburn, Auburn's good, man. Like, Jabari and those guys are good. And Kentucky went there, adversity hit, and they didn't quit. And that that's the positive to me. That That's something that you can build on. Like, you know when it gets down to NCAA tournament this year, 
this team's going to keep fighting you and trying to find a way to win. And at some point, hopefully, guys can stay healthy and they can have their entire team in a big game. And hopefully it's going to be at Kansas because uh, I know now we're reports and stuff, and I know you reported as well that uh, Ty Ty Washington will be out tonight versus Mississippi State. So hopefully they're back at full strength on Saturday, but they got to find a way to do it without him tonight. Yeah, and, you know, kind of – on that note, before we move on to you know tonight's game and Ty Ty Washington being out and those uh, those different things, th- that's what we were talking about with that LSU game, right? You know, I uh, got absolutely blasted on social media for saying it's inexcusable for Kentucky to not score more than three points in an eleven minute stretch in the second half, and you know fans were like, "Come on, man, they're they're mo- without their two lead guards, and and what do you expect them to do?" And I'm like, "Well." I expect him to score more than three points in, in uh, over 11 minutes. I, I just do. I mean, I don't uh, – you're, you're fielding a high-level uh, – you, you know, you're Kentucky basketball. You expect to field a team that's capable of scoring more than three points. I don't care who's out there. You just expect them uh, to do that. And that's uh, – I mean, we saw the exact same scenario unfold. Both players were out in the second half against Auburn, and things looked a little bit ugly to start with, and you kind of had those same worries like, uh-oh, are we about to go on one of those stretches where Kentucky's unable to score and and you know those things? But guess what? They figured it out. You had uh, you know, Kellen Grady making some big shots. You had uh, a couple big finishes from Davion Mintz there late, and Jacob Toppin was making uh, his you know multiple impressive plays on both ends. And uh, there's just a lot of fight. That's what you wanted. This is what I wanted to see at LSU. Even if the scores were different and uh, the circumstances were different, I, I just. I loved what I saw from Kentucky. They they were never going to let go of that rope down, going into the sec, late in the second half. You felt like even though Auburn was clearly over, they had more talent on the floor that they were fielding more talent at that given time. Uh, that that Kentucky was still able to throw counter punches back, and even though Auburn would. Respond with major counters of their own, uh, and it just felt like every time, like you said, uh, Kentucky would cut it to four, they would respond back with a big three of their own, or an and one of their own, or you know whatever the case was. It just felt like Kentucky was always right there. They always had a puncher's chance, and that's what you want. You you just want a chance down the stretch. It ended up being a nine point deficit. Just wasn't enough uh, down there late in the, that last three minutes. But man, I just loved. Uh, what I saw, especially with Kentucky missing Ty Ty Washington, he only played nine minutes. Uh, Sabri Wheeler played 36, but he wasn't healthy for all 36. He was only healthy for uh, a little over half of that time. So uh, plenty to like. I, I, you know, Kentucky still shot 50% from the field, 41.7% from three, 80% from the free throw line. Uh, say what you want about the officiating. I thought it was god-awful, and I think that uh, the uh, free throw differential is just not excusable in, in any point. Sense of the matter. Uh, Ten free throws for Kentucky, twenty-nine for Auburn. I just thought there was just too much inconsistencies, uh, too many inconsistencies. Just the back and forth just didn't make any sense. It was a, uh, a couple. You know, there was that one stretch that Kentucky could have gotten at least three calls on one drive when Davion Mintz got pushed out of bounds on the baseline. They threw it out to. Uh, uh, I believe it was Jacob Toppin. He got hit on the drive, and then Oscar Sheway gets the rebound, and he goes up, and it looked like a block, but I think there was some body contact there as well. Could have been three fouls called in the same possession, and, and Kentucky didn't get a single one of them. So it's just little things like that left me more frustrated, uh, more so than actually being disappointed about the loss at the end of the day, Sean. Yeah, and uh, that's what I was getting at, that you know I took so many positives from it. And, and my thought process on this now is we've seen this happen to them twice, right? 
like the first time at LSU, we're sitting there thinking, man, like what bad luck. Like this can't happen. Like there's no way this scenario plays itself out again. Well, it wasn't cramped this time. Ty-Ty goes down with an ankle injury. Kentucky's playing very, very well. And I think if they had him, I think they win that game, honestly. Mm-hmm. The, the, especially because they're riding that momentum in that moment. He's playing well. The whole team's playing well. Sabir's hitting shots, getting to the rim. They would have won the game, in my opinion. And it would it have been tough, though? Auburn would have made a run, but Kentucky would have had its full group there to kind of withstand it and make plays. But my thought is this now. Savier only missed a few, like a few minutes. So like you mentioned, uh, he, he missed half the game, not at 100% uh, after that injury. I want to know, like, I wonder if Cal looked at that lineup at all with no Tata or no Savier in practices after LSU, or did they go straight back to, you know, just having at least one of those guys on the floor? I think they're to the point now that it's happened twice, and you, you'd like to think it won't happen again, but you're, you're – I mean, you're a turned ankle and something like that from happening a third time. And if it happens in the SEC tournament or the NCAA tournament, you're, you don't feel well about Kentucky's chances. If it's a, even if it's only in a game that's the last eight minutes of it, I, I think maybe might need to sacrifice some practice time. Maybe if it's just 10 or 15 minutes here and there to look at lineups that include Davion Mintz and Kellen Grady on the perimeter with a Bryce Hopkins or something, that, especially if, if you get in a situation where you know those two are going to be out or if it happens again, you at least have practiced and looked at it because they look so out of sync without them. And, and rightfully so. You're, you're taking your two best guards off the floor. But maybe they, they need to at least look at it and practice. That way it's not completely you know, something that's out of character and that they have at least looked at it. And maybe it will be a little bit more comfortable in those situations. But that might be something that they have to do because it's now happened twice. Well, would you, wouldn't you figure we got our first chance of that? Uh, Cal said during his his call-in radio show Monday night. Um, again, we're, we're starting to transition into the Mississippi State game and Ty Ty Washington being out and those things. But uh, as of yesterday morning, um, Orlando Antigua spoke to the media, said uh, Ty Ty Washington's day to day. We don't know anything. We're going to figure out at practice if he if he practices. We'll know if you know the extent of it, how hard he practices, how well he practices. That will determine if if he ends up playing or not. Uh, and then later that night during his call-in radio show, Cal uh, was being very funny slash. You know he was trying to be funny. However you want to word it, but uh, he says. You're going to ask me about Savir and Ty Ty. I, I haven't seen them today. Ha, ha, ha. No, I've seen them today. Do you want me to just give out a scouting report for the other guy we're playing? They may play. They may not play. I'm sure the gamblers are mad. I need to know before I put that money down. So he's clearly poking fun at the people that are like us that sit there and go, will he play? Will he not play? What's the extent of his, of their injuries? All those things. He wasn't wanting to uh, reveal any details about it. But, Sean, he did say later in the show at practice, I was able to have Davion and Kellen be point guards. I was able to have Shaden Sharp stay in and practice today, so we were able to do some stuff. But to your point, Kellen Grady got some time at point guard, and Davion Mintz got time at point guard. So they're at least yep. uh, at least acknowledging the possibility, you know, given by – I mean, it was by necessity because they just physically didn't have those other two players available. Uh, but we're at least starting to get Cal uh, acknowledging like, hey – we may want to figure out what the heck to do in case Ty Ty and Xavier can't go for any given reason uh, in any given game. So that was at least a, a breath of fresh air on that end, that we're at least uh, starting to uh, test the waters of Davion and Kellen as true point guards for this team. 
Yeah, cause you're going you're going to have to. Like you, you at least have to look at it, and you hope you never have to use it. And I don't know. Like I, I think you're you're going to have you might have to see it tonight. Like let's say that Savir picks up a couple of early fouls. Uh, you're going to have to at least give him a breather here or there, a few minutes here and there, and, and take a look at something different. But you would like to think when Tata comes back that we never have to see that again because, man, what's some bad luck, right? He comes down on Oscar's foot, and then Savir gets hit with the – I mean, it felt like deja vu all over again, just in reverse order. And then this time it's a little worse than just cramps. Like when Tata was cramping, you knew he'd be fine by Saturday and he didn't have to miss a game. Uh, but now he has to miss that game. But it, it's good to know that Cal said that last night. I didn't get to hear the radio show comments. Uh, you know, I wasn't home and stuff. But it, it's good to know that they are preparing for those scenarios. That way they're not caught off guard by it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of uh, keep going down the list. Well, I guess w- before we get into the other half of that radio show, because it was also very newsy for another reason, but uh, I was able to uh, talk to Ty Ty's people, and, and I did confirm that Ty Ty will not – play tonight versus Mississippi State. Um, this is his first missed game of his college career at Kentucky. Um, Deshaun, what does it mean? And hat tip to to Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN. He was the first to break that news. But uh, I had a text into Ty Ty's camp, and, and uh, I re- received a quick message shortly after um, after Jonathan Gavoni broke that news. So hat tip to him. But uh, I was able to confirm that he will not play uh, tonight. So, Sean, just real quickly before we get into that second half of the radio show and some of the other uh, uh, biggest news items that that came (laughs) from it and and what fans are desperately wanting to hear about, Uh, but real quickly, what does uh, this team do tonight without Ty Ty Washington? Because it is, I mean, Kentucky's missing their second leading scorer and, uh, you know, their stable force at, at that, you know, secondary ball handling position, their playmaker, their distributor, their uh, shot creator, uh, point score. I mean, th- this is a very valuable piece that Kentucky's now missing. And what was, you know, Kentucky opened it as a nine and a half point favorite. Uh, and now, I mean, is is Kentucky going to be able to extend the lead of that nature? Or do you think it's going to be a rock fight for the well, Cats? You you've got to have Davion Mintz and Kellen Grady have to shoot the ball well tonight. Like they they have to. Like you you can't you can't be like one for fourteen or, or two for sixteen or two for seventeen from the three point line. They've got to hit threes. Uh, you can't have foul trouble in the backcourt. Like you, you can't do that tonight. Is this a game where does Dante Allen get an opportunity tonight? It's we know it's Mississippi State, and if you're Ben Halland, you're seeing oh, oh crap, Dante's not played in a month, but we know how that works. <laughs> like he didn't play all, at all last year, then goes to Starkville and and lots them up, and then he goes on that stretch where he's not playing well, then goes in the SEC tournament and almost wins the game for Kentucky. So I guarantee you. It's not Oscar Shibway at the top of the board for Ben Howland. It's Dante Allen. And do we see him tonight? I, I think Bryce Hopkins gets that opportunity over him tonight, given the trend that we've seen this year. Uh, but this is going to have to be a game where Davion Mintz and Kellen Grady have to hit shots and open shots. And Savier has to stay on the floor for as, as much time as possible and not get in foul trouble. And then you you need Oscar and you need, you need him to have a big night tonight. But th- this is going to be a total team effort. But to me, it starts with Davion Mintz and Kellen Grady. If those guys can hit between them, if they can hit six six threes between them, and then somebody else chip in one here and there, and they get to seven or eight made threes, then I think Kentucky's going to be just fine. Yeah, and I think the guy that, like like you said, the guy that I'm kind of looking at right now is Dante Allen as the 
you were the Mississippi State killer last year. You came in, and, and remember that was just one of our uh, – I probably the, the only clear bright spot of last season, honestly. We went down to Starkville, had that absolutely phenomenal finish uh, where, where uh, Dave, or Dante Allen just explodes from deep, hits seven threes. The crowd goes crazy. I mean, just an unbelievable uh, night, and you know we kind of got the before behind the scenes look beforehand. Talked to him in the in the lobby while he's you know watching film down down in the you know computer lab in the lobby. I mean, just crazy how that whole night unfolded, and then he does the same thing uh, in the SEC tournament. So you know, you do wonder if there's just something about Mississippi State that he's just that he's just the the bulldog killer or what, and you wonder if he's going to get in the game and and uh, you know get get his opportunity. I don't know. I you know maybe I guess we'll see. But yeah, I do think that it starts and stops with. I'm hoping that Xavier Wheeler is back to full strength. That's definitely going to be uh, the the main thing. Kentucky's going to need at least some playmaker, some distributor to uh, kind of to hold down the fort at that you know primary ball handler position so I'm hoping that he's fully healthy and if that's the case then we like you said we have to get uh Kellen Grady Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz to knock down shots and be consistent uh, on that front but Sean there's another player that is now inching closer toward the the possibility of playing he is on the bench right now he practiced for the first time this week and Cal had uh some pretty revealing comments about him uh, during the call-in radio show Monday night, and that is Shaden Sharp. So, Sean, I want to re- read this quote to you, and you give me your best um, insight on as to what you think he means by this, and if it, if it uh, reveals anything in, in terms of when he plays, if he plays, how, how much he plays. I thought it was quite revealing. So, somebody calls in uh, and says – uh, so there's this fan calls in. He says, um, you know, Cal, I don't understand why when you have uh, – you have – I'm drawing a blank, of course. Here's my, my COVID talking. Um, you have Ty Ty Washington and you have Xavier Wheeler go down against Auburn. And Kentucky's right there in the thick of things wanting to win that game. Why in the world do you not put Shaden Sharp in? He's clearly one of the best players on the team. I'm confused. Why not? So – I, I thought that was uh, kind of funny why, the way he presented that question, but he was clearly asking about Shaden and, and what's, uh, what, what's going to happen there. So this was Cal's response. Shaden, you know, if I thought he was ready to go in at Auburn, I would have put him in, but he's not ready yet. He's the greatest kid. The last couple of days, he stepped on the gas a little bit and done some things. I think our team would like me to put him in. Hmm. Interesting quote there, Sean. He continues. He does something. They all kind of look at me like, come on now, that's who he is? Put him in. But you have to make sure you're looking after him. So Cal, for the very first time, says that uh, his teammates are wanting him to play and that he's doing things in practice that are turning heads and making uh, his own teammates go, "Uh, bro, we got to put this kid in. So that was telling. He also, you know, asked his – Tom Leach asked, you know, what would it take for Sharp to play? What are you looking for? What does he need to show before you're confident in that? Uh, and then he said, he's just got to get some reps in. I'm trying to get him reps, and we did some stuff today. He, if he plays, you've got to say, we're only doing these two or three things. He's only been here a couple weeks. Throw him in the ga- game and say, okay, we're going to go five up, side angle. What? You better do some really simple stuff and let him do what he does. 
what does he do? He scores the ball. So you say, look, you won't believe this. When you get in, score the ball. And that's if we choose to play him. I'm not sure yet what we'll do. So, Sean, throwing a lot at you there, but Cal with uh, quite revealing quotes about the process with Shaden Sharp and whether or not he decides to play. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you Are you feeling more likely that he plays now? If he plays, does he play a lot? Uh, or are you uh, still – Still thinking that he doesn't, based on those quotes. What are your thoughts? No, I don't know. Uh, obviously, him saying, I think his teammates, or however you word it there, talking about that he thinks that the team wants to see him play, that kind of tells itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if you have the approval of the team, then it just comes down to what's best for the kid. And now that, you know, Ty Ty's out with an ankle injury, and, and the thing to watch now is – how long does that ankle injury last? You know, is this a he's back for Kansas or does he miss Kansas? Because my thought process is this. If he misses Kansas, then it's a lot, then it's a pretty, pretty bad ankle injury. Because Kansas feels like that game where if it's if you can play without too much pain, then you're going to give it a go. So if he's out for Kansas, then maybe it's another game. And then if you're out two or three games, then I think it kind of makes it easier to play shade. Uh Vanderbilt would be the next game after Kansas. That feels like the game to circle on the defining game of whether or not we see Shaden Sharp this year. Cause that's a game at Rupp arena against Vandy. I could see that being the game where if, if he plays him that you, you see him then. And if not, I don't know. Cause then you're getting into uh, the second, third week of February. And it, it seems kind of hard to break someone in at that point, because it would, you would want it to be at Rupp arena in my opinion. Uh, but his comments kind of it, it sparks hope to think that you will see him. And obviously, he got an opportunity to play extended time in practice yesterday with Tata Washington out. And uh, if, he, if he shows that he's ready and he can do it against those guys, then, you know, why not give it a shot? If, if the kid's all for it, the family's all for it, and you're going to see him, I think. Yeah. And I will say there's there's some buzz and some chatter out of practice that. Uh, Cal isn't just saying that to say that. And I did it unfold the way he said it, that the players that he just did some, some, you know, mind blowing things in practice. And the players looked at Cal and said, come on coach, he's got to play. I, I don't know if it unfolded that exact way. And it might just be Cal creating a, a, a Disney movie narrative storyline to make it look pretty for, for, for things. But I had heard in the last couple of days that he had kind of, um, ramp things up and things that he was looking uh, quite impressive. They're just, they were just starting to, uh, you know, kind of transition him into full five on five practices and, and, you know, kind of actually a real life game setting in practice, as opposed to just individual workouts and situational stuff that they had been doing. Uh, I think this is the first time that they've really given him a chance to show what he could do in a five on five setting, a real, uh, you know, real live practice setting. And I think, he has exceeded expectations, and, and I think that he is. I think that there is, has, was kind of a moment this week where Cal kind of looked at it and said, you know, I think this kid might be ready to give something. I don't know how much he's going to be able to give. I don't think that we're going to see him, you know, come in and, and have 30 minutes and, and, you know, score 15 points or whatever. But I, I do think he could come in and play seven, eight, ten minutes and, and score – eight points or something for the team. And I think that's there's a ton of value in having a guy on your bench that could do that. So I, I think that is pretty telling. I think tonight's a massive, massive game for the uh, long-term potential for that in, in deciding if he does play this season or not. Like you said, 
the games are numbered at this point. We're, we're inching closer toward the finish line, and you don't want to incorporate him too, too late. You obviously don't want to throw him in just randomly in the SEC tournament or March Madness. These are the games right now that if you're going to play him, you play him. And I do I do see either tonight or that uh, Vandy game next Tuesday. I think those, those two are the main games that you look at and go, okay, if he's going to play, this is when he plays him. And uh, um, I will say I talked to Shaden Sharp's mentor and coach, uh, Dwayne Washington, who's an awesome dude, really – level-headed with this whole process, explained everything so, you know, in detail and, and you know, answered all those questions of the, you know, why would he play at all? Why wouldn't he just sit out and just save his draft stock if he's eligible to go to the draft? And, you know, answered things very professionally and said, you know, why do kids play in the hollow uh, – why do uh, players go uh, to the Olympics and play? Why do they train with these high-profile trainers every offseason and risk injuries why do they play in these you know pickup rec leagues every summer it's because the the great players always want to better themselves and get better no matter the circumstances and uh, they 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 risk those type of issues and, and injuries and things like that because for the sake of getting better so I think that's something that they acknowledge they understand that yeah there's a risk that comes with it but they're ready to take that risk because they see uh, the long-term goal of uh, being not just making it to the league they don't care about being a top draft pick or signing a an early signing bonus and things like that they want him to be a, a decade plus player in the league and somebody that's gonna uh, be a hall of famer one day that's the that's the hype that they have that's the expectation they have for this kid and uh, they they know that being at Kentucky will help uh, help him reach those goals, and they're gonna. That, that's why he's here. He turned down four to five million dollars for from overtime elite and G League and those type of places. He could be training for the NBA right now if he really wanted to. He could be playing in some professional league right now, uh, in in just kind of waiting for the 2022 draft to arrive. So uh, I, I think he's taking this process very seriously. I think that uh, if they're not rushing him to play, but I think. They put the ball in Cal's court, and they say, if, if you think that he can help your team right now, by all means, uh, that, that's your call. You can put him in when you want. So there's no silent agreement between both parties about is, is you know, hey, we don't want Shaden to play this year. Don't you play him. It, like, none of that is going on. They've given Cal free reign to do whatever he wants coaching him uh, because they ultimately trust him. They they It's the same guy that sent Shea Gildas-Alexander to Kentucky as a four-star, essentially nobody in the national ranks, uh, sent him to Kentucky, and he became the number 11 pick in the draft. So they know the proof is in the pudding with the draft development process. They believe in Cal. And uh, if, if uh, they believe in Cal, then I sure as heck do as well with this process. So – uh, Sean, it, tonight's tonight's gonna be telling. I think we're gonna we're gonna learn something one way or the other about Shaden's future at Kentucky, and uh, uh, I'm excited. We're gonna be erupt together for it, and uh, it's gonna be a late one, but I think it's gonna be worth worth the uh, price of admission. Yeah, it will be, and it, it's a it's a game Kentucky needs to win. They they got to find a way once again playing a man down to come out on top. Uh, it's something that they've done all year, and had a really good question. Somebody asked me earlier about who I thought was more important to Kentucky winning at Auburn. If they had been healthy, would it have been Tata Washington or Xavier Wheeler. And I mean, I know that, that that's a question you don't want to have to answer, but we're in a situation to where you have to. And I, I think Tata was the more important piece to, to winning that game. But the only reason I say that's because we've seen Kentucky without Xavier. We haven't seen Kentucky without Tata. Tonight you get that opportunity. Can Kentucky get a win? with Savir and no Tata Washington. And if they can, I think it kind of strengthens 
your your confidence in this team that they can do it when they have time to prepare to face adversity. It's so hard on the fly, especially at Auburn tonight. They've had two to three days of preparation. I think that they'll they'll have a game plan that'll be successful, and I, I do think that they'll get a win. They'll have to grind one out, but they'll get a win tonight. Let's uh, let's start wrapping things up. Um, very quick scouting report on Mississippi State. What do you know about them? Uh, I know they're no, number four in the SEC, uh, four and two record right now in, in league play. So you know what are what are some things you know about Mississippi State as we start to wrap this thing up? Honestly, not a ton. I haven't been able to really catch a lot of their games. I know that they – obviously teams that shoot the three very well on them have a lot of success, and I, I think that that's an area where Kentucky has to be good tonight. They've got to make and take those open shots, and that's where I was getting at earlier, that if Davion Mintz and, and Kellen Grady can knock down some shots, then Kentucky's going to be fine. But if this is a game where you look up at Kentucky's two of 17 – or one of 14 or something from three-point range, then I think you're going to kind of see that score uh, creep towards Mississippi State. So this this needs to be a game where Kentucky shoots it and, and takes those threes. And not that you force those opportunities, but when you have them, guys got to take them and they've got to step up and make them. Yeah, absolutely. They're led by Iverson Molinar, familiar name for Kentucky fans, uh, 17.7 points per game, 3.6 rebounds per game, 4.3 assists. Uh, he's shooting 48.7% from the field, uh, shooting 30.4% from three, but he's 87.1% from the line. Uh, Tolu Smith, their second leading scorer, he, he's out tonight, which is a very, uh, very big plus for Kentucky. I think that definitely helps them, um, and, you know, kind of in that four spot. Well, Go for it. Well, what I was going to say you, you were talking about, you know, Molinar and stuff too. I mean, the I, I do know that very efficient from two. Like that's a dude that's going to drive it on you, and he, they're going to have to keep him out of the paint and keep him from getting to the basket. That it feels like a Sabir Wheeler type matchup, or uh, you know, Davion Mintz possibly sliding over and doing some stuff there as, as well. Like that, that that needs to be a guy that if Kentucky can contain him, then that's kind of uh, where can Mississippi State starts and ends, honestly. Yeah, and then you got Garrison Brooks, who's a, a name that uh, there was some buzz actually that he wanted to uh, that, that if he entered the transfer portal from North Carolina last off season that uh, that that he would want to go to Kentucky, but that was right when Kentucky was kind of deciding what it wanted to do with Kofi Coburn and, and Jalen Duran, and so they ultimately passed on him. He has a, a family connection; his dad's a staffer on on that Mississippi State team, so he ended, he ends up there. He's a you know one of those kind of big butt centers that Ka uh, Ryan Lemon always talks about on the pregame shows. He's uh, averaging eleven point two points per game, six point five rebounds per game. You know, very solid. Um, Solid all-around career since he's been in college at North Carolina. He was very solid, playing very solid basketball at Mississippi State. And then another name, Sean, DJ Jeffries, former Kentucky basketball commit DJ Jeffries uh, is, hey. is there on the wing for him, 10.1 points, uh, 4.7 rebounds. That might be a guy that I think replaces Tolu Smith is that uh, um, kind of 3-4 versatile uh, forward role. I think that that's going to be a name to keep an eye on. Former Kentucky basketball commit and decommit before he ended up going to Memphis. Or, wait, was there a stop before Memphis? I think he decommitted. No, I think it was just Memphis. He decommitted from Kentucky and then ended up 
I think he ended up at – I don't remember. I mean, he, it just feels like he's made a, a ton of different spot, stops over the course of his uh, college career. But another blast from the past name there. I believe Kentucky ended up getting Khalil Whitney instead of DJ Jeffries after he decommitted. So, I mean, really didn't end up being a, a net positive for Kentucky at the end of the day regardless. But, oh, well, definitely another name to keep, uh, keep an eye on. And then uh, further down the bench, Rocket Watts, a guy that – uh, uh, transfer from uh, Michigan State. That's another name that Kentucky fans might be familiar with. So they they got some talent on on their team. Uh, definitely something. Uh, you know, I, I know that you look at Mississippi State and it's not necessarily a brand name, high profile school in this in the SEC, but uh, they've got some talent. I think it might be it'll be an interesting matchup. Um, I, I'm I don't know if if they're able to with Ty Ty Washington out. I don't know if they'll be able to to beat that spread. I'd sh- I'd certainly love to, but it feels like nine and a half is a little high. Uh, I I think Kentucky's going to end up winning somewhere in that six to seven point range. Uh, what are your thoughts, Sean? I would say somewhere in that six to seven point range as well. I, I don't know if they cover that initial line, but it, it's it's going to be a game. To where Kentucky's going to have to dig deep and gut one out at home. Like Mississippi State's going to come to play. Uh, it's going to be a chance for John Calipari to get win number 800, and Kentucky can get win number 100 all time against Mississippi State. So a couple of milestones there tonight at Rupp Arena. It'll be a hard-fought SEC game, a, a game that is very important when it comes to league standings, and uh, a game that I think coming off the loss at Auburn, Kentucky's going to be hungry to win. I, I don't sense any – indication that this will be a trap game i think kentucky knows that they need their best and uh especially coming off that loss uh, at auburn i I think kentucky's going to come out ready to play and then find a way to win this thing yep it'll be tough tough hard-fought battle against a tough uh hard-fought mississippi state team that i think kentucky goes on on top let's uh uh, let's wrap this up with with a couple predictions i I want two predictions from you first does shade and sharp play tonight sean no no, interesting. I don't think so. And and two. I don't think uh, so. Uh, final score prediction. Uh, I'm gonna say Kentucky seventy-seven, Mississippi State seventy-one. I am going to predict. Yes, Shaden Sharp does play tonight Ooh. against the Mississippi State Bulldogs Ooh. and makes makes his Kentucky basketball debut. I think, man, I just I think there's just going to be some moment in the game, you know either late in the first half or midway through the second half, early in the second half, something where Kentucky's going to need a scoring punch. And and uh, I just don't know if Cal's going to go back to Dante Allen and keep, you know, keep trying to beat that dead horse and try to I, – I just don't – I just feel like we're just inching closer toward that moment. I just I just think tonight's the night. I think if there's going to be a night, it's going to be this one. And, and uh, he's, I don't think he's going to play much, but maybe, you know, five, six minutes here. I think that Shaden makes his debut, and I think he makes uh, scores his first bucket as a Wildcat. Any, so I'm going to say Kentucky – Go what? No, no, go, go ahead. Sorry. I, th- I thought you were wrapping up. I was just going to say, yeah, I think Kentucky – I think Shaden plays, and I think Kentucky ends up winning this one. Hmm. I think they go 81, 81 to 75. I think that's that's the final, and I think Shaden Sharp plays and, and finishes with six minutes and scores his first bucket as a Wildcat, Sean. Wow, that's a big-time prediction. I was going to lean more. Bryce Hopkins plays 15-plus minutes. <laughs> you, you go Shaden Sharp on me uh we'll see i obviously i think people would love your prediction more than mine (laughs) 
Well, you know, if, if Bryce Hopkins comes in, plays 15 minutes, and plays well, ideally you don't need Shaden Sharp to play tonight. I just think that uh, they're going to hit a scoring rut, and they'll need they'll need some they're, of that some some of that scoring punch, and they're and they're going to try to go for it uh, once and for all with, with well the fan favorite. They they're going to go. They're, they're, somebody's getting an opportunity tonight that wouldn't have got an opportunity. Who is it, and yeah. who takes advantage of it? That's going to be the thing, and and I guess my thought is it's going to be one of those other dudes before Shaden. But I would love to see Shaden. Like if if he decides to roll Shaden out, then go for it. Like I'm I'm a big fan. You you think we're going to have any uh any issues writing things about that? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, it's a it's a story that the headlines are going to write themselves, and that's part of the reason why I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I uh, um, you know was deciding whether I even wanted to go to this game or not. Uh, given the time, 9 p.m. tip-off, I hate 9 p.m. tip-offs, and it's, it's you know, Tuesday night, Mississippi State. You know, part of me was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to be there, but I, I'm going to get there early. I'm going to watch Shaden warm up, and I'm just going to get – I just want to feel the vibe. If this happens to be Shaden's debut at Kentucky, you know, I, 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 I want to be there to remember this moment and just kind of the build-up behind it, and, and uh, I think it'll be a fun one. I think it'll be a fun atmosphere. I think it's uh, – Fans understand the the circumstances behind it, and that it's not a sexy matchup on a Tuesday night at 9 p.m. But uh, I think they're going to embrace that and go. You know what? We need a, a warm up game before uh, Kansas. One that we uh, a win that we desperately need against a very tough, uh, tough minded Mississippi State team. Let's ride. So I, I I'm excited for it, and I'm I'm secretly hoping that we get our uh, our debut for Shaden Sharp tonight. And I'm I'm officially predicting it. That's that's going to be my uh, sources say prediction of the day, Sean. Well, well, I'll, I'll tell you this much: uh, when you and I are together, and Mississippi State's in the building, wild things happen. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> we got some stories that we uh, you can't really dig into yet, but maybe one day. Maybe the sources <laughs> say untold. <laughs> It'll be a good one. All right, let's uh, let's get the heck out of here, Sean, with one final message from our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA season is well underway, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win ten times your money for getting four or five pr- predictions correct. You can have picks across sports too. The NFL playoffs are here, and as you saw this past weekend, they're uh, just Absolutely wild games. We have our, our final four now at this point with the AFC and NFC Championship games, so plenty to bet there. Add in some of those players to your picks with their over or under projected receiving, rushing, or passing yards. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using promo code PILGRIM. That's P-I-L-G-R-I-M to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and use promo code PILGRIM to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level. Sean, let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work? 
You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter as well, at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back tomorrow with another jam-packed Source to Say podcast, breaking down, hopefully, Kentucky's win over Mississippi State and how that all unfolded. Uh, It's going to be a good time. We look forward to talking to you then.